Welcome to Talking in Stations. This is Matterall. We're going to talk about EVE Online here on February 17th. Uh, the headlines today are the, is the monthly economic report for January 2021. It's first month in January. We'll see how that compares to December and previous. We'll look at destruction numbers, among other things. Also, a situation has erupted in Ignoiton. As of last night, Vili, uh, one of the controlling interests in the Tranquility Trade Center, or consortium it is, Tranquility Trade Consortium, which is a group that owns ISEC uh, Keepstar and a, and a LOSEC Keepstar in Ignoiton. That LOSEC Keepstar has been threatened by, and actually reinforced by, Snuffed Out, who are uh, the big fish in LOSEC. And they aim to destroy it and the Sotillo in that same system and any other engineering complexes that are there. So that whole area is in jeopardy. We assume that it won't be defended and it will be destroyed as per Billy's uh, uh, post that he made on Reddit. Also today, there was some action in... Uh, M-Tech. Sorry, it was an action, there was some action in uh, Delve and mostly in the constellation near 1DQ. Helm's Deep was supposed to be on the menu today for Pappy. They decided to uh, leave that on the table and try to attack jammers inside of the 1DQ area, that constellation. We'll have a look at that as well. Those are the stories today on Talking In Stations. Okay, first up is the monthly economic report. So let's bring that up and go through it with you. It's funny, I thought this had, uh, I thought we just got the one for December and time is just flying this year. So as you can see, just right off the bat, there's a huge jump right here, bottom right. And this is destruction. These are three different tables, destruction, building, and mining. And uh, so the blue numbers down here are the destruction numbers that we're looking at. And clearly there is a gigantic anomaly here. This would be the Titan Fights of M2. Uh, you can see the uh, actual incidence lines go way off the charts uh, because there was just so much blown up and destroyed at the time. Uh, but the uh, I think that's a 30-day monthly. You can see it jumps up and stays up, and then it comes back down to a more normal area, but still relatively high. There's also, if we zoom in on this, let's take a close look at this. There's another bit of destruction. This peak here is about $4 trillion, I believe. And that would have been the uh, MTAC to escape that happened because a lot of dreads were destroyed in that process on the Pappy side. So they lost a lot of dreads, and that definitely registered on the MER right there. Let's take a look at that line. Yeah, 3.5 trillion. So it's just about 3.4 trillion. You can see it right there. And that brings up the uh, 30 day a little bit. So those are the destruction numbers. Have you looked at the insurance numbers for January? Because you can see when all those dreads died from that, too. That's Gregorian. Uh, he's with us today, as is Nick Bison. I should have introduced you guys earlier. How are you guys doing? I'm doing all right. Doing just fine. This is, uh, I find this, I still find this interesting after all these years. <laughs> Okay, yeah, insurance is a really good thing to look at because dreads insure very well. In other words, because they're T1 uh, materials, they maybe not just because they're T1 materials, but they end up getting a lot of their whole their wholesale value back. So if I have a two trillion, sorry, two billion isk dread knot, and it gets destroyed, 
um, instead of getting one-tenth of that back like you might with a supercarrier or a Titan, you get maybe like, I don't know, 50% of it back. Now, those numbers are not real, but just to give you an idea, dreadnoughts insure very well. So a lot of that money that was lost by Pappy, uh, there'll be a good chunk of that will be returned to them in the form of ISK from the insurance companies, which are actually NPC companies. Okay, uh, we'll take a look at here key economic indicators, uh, but we will skip that. You can check that out on your own. We'll give you, by the way, a link to this inside your channel so you can look at this information and follow along on your own screen if you like. We'll do that now. There you go. Okay. Yeah, I remember hearing in comms when I, right after I lost my dreadnought in that fight that we probably just uh, created the biggest insurance spike in the history of the game. Oh, Rundle's out there. He is a, a really good commentator for EVE Online. Get a, give him a listen if you can. He's uh, on Tranquil... Sorry, he's on... Um, what's it called? Trash Talk Tuesday. That's the show. But he is also on... Uh, his own podcast coming out soon again. So Rundle, that's who you're listening for. Smart guy. I like listening to him when he's on. Is the volume low? Get back Someone to me, Chet. Saying that just uh, Gregorian and I were low. Okay, let me check you out. All right, I raised you both, so we'll see what happens. All right, let's get through this uh, MER. Uh, low on the guests. Okay, well, I turned up the guests, so we'll see how it is. It's uh, It's hard to equalize, so... Let me know how they sound. Total numbers destroyed. Uh, this was a huge uh, number here in Delve, right? It's uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of 33 trillion destroyed. That again is going to be M2 TAC plus uh, the, I think over the month, there's been an es escalation in uh, structures being destroyed. Uh, so that is a gargantuan number. Uh, before that, it was, I think, in December. Let's see if I can bring up December. For reference, here's December. Total destroyed by region. And you see it's just over 3 trillion, right? Uh, but when you look at this month, it's way higher than that. Sorry, it looks like it's actually 23 trillion, not, uh, I don't know what I said before, but it's 23 trillion. So it is way, way higher. I believe all the Titans in the armor timer and the um, hull timer were included in this number. So even though the armor timer happened on the 29th, I have a feeling those numbers are included in January's MER, not December. So what that means is that this number here of 3.2 trillion is basically standard war in Delve without any tentpole fighting. And this is what a tentpole fight looks like. Uh, that number jumps up by like 18 trillion. So way, way bigger. That's, the, that's what one of those big fights can do. Those are very rare. Maybe once per um, year or once per conflict. All right, let's keep going here to this one. So we want, let's just close that. Um, yeah, that's that number is. Let me make sure I got that number right. Yeah, tw 22 trillion. I said 23. Let me get these numbers right, right? 
So 22 trillion in January in Delve alone. It's huge destruction. Okay, this is interesting because uh, if you look, Awasa is on top. Now remember, we said mining was really moving and shifting towards, let's look at the graph, towards high sec because people are moving into orcas and just kind of sitting there and, um, you know, able to tank the little rats that come after you and just mine and then basically did AFK mining for a long time. And so you saw the forge and you saw Metropolis and you see Sinclair uh, domain. These here were all the top mining areas. And actually, Owasa had dropped off, but it came back with a vengeance in January. And that makes sense because that's fraternity. And uh, that is going to be their last month in Owasa. So, Owasa, the miracle of Owasa, is over now. Fraternity moved out February 1st. We'll see that uh, those are the mining numbers and the MPC bounding numbers are also centered around OASA, 1.6 trillion. And that is far down from where it was before because of the dynamic, um, dynamic bounty system that was introduced a few months ago along with the ESS, the encounter, uh, the encounter surveillance system. Yeah, ESS. Uh, those two systems work together and they are new... Um, Actually, they're not new, but they're, yeah, they are new. Introduced into the game, and what they do is they really make people have to spread out in order to make money. Uh, so Owasa used to do three or four times this amount, but they got $1.6 trillion in January. Again, that number will be way down in February as Fraternity has moved out of that area. Total production, uh, Forge always comes out on top here, but you can see Delve is kind of contesting there with like 11.7 trillion. And you can see it here. Forge is this giant blue leader, right? It always is. Everybody builds there because that's where the market is. But if you look here, this is a big change from, I think it's a big change from December. Uh, this was about, I think it was down here where, um, is that Lone Trek? Well, that's interesting. Lone Trek is down here. So that's about a third higher in Delve. And the reason is you have a lot of building going on in this last month, and both groups in this war now build in Delve. So it's not like it's Esoteria versus Delve with Legacy building in Esoteria. You know, Test has moved into Delve. It's their home now, too. I don't mean it's their home, but it's where they're deployed. It's where they build. And so Wait, they both are much, building there. How much is the total production of Delve th in January? It is 11.7 trillion. So that's down from a year earlier. It was 17.4. So uh, bo two, both of the major coalitions in this war together are not are producing less in Delve than the Imperium alone was a year earlier. That is, that is fascinating. But I guess in peacetime, you have a lot more, what, a lot more function, a lot more time to build stuff. But I would think that they're building like crazy. So that's, that's really interesting to know that this doesn't compare to when the Delve miracle was going off a year ago. What was it down from? 17.4. Okay, so nearly... Now it's, now it's split between multiple groups. 
instead yeah. of one also. So it's a, uh, it would be interesting to see a breakout by group, but you know, that's obviously way too granular. Right. Let me turn you up a little bit. Hey guys, just checking. How is that volume? Let me know. We'll go on. Looking at uh, trade balance. Interesting catch has a, a veil and catch. I think exports are blue uh, or higher and negatives are imports, if I'm not mistaken. And this is always confusing because what you're talking about is merchandise moving back and forth between regions. You would think this would be a good indicator of trade patterns, but it's not really used that way because of the way this report is put together, this is stuff that moves into an area or moves out of an area. And the most expensive stuff moving in or out of an area is usually an armada. And so that shows up even though it shouldn't. So what you have in catch is net exports, which means a lot of stuff is moving out of catch. And we know that because catch is essentially collapsing. Uh, Brave and uh, all the groups that are uh, legacy are vacating that whole area. As they vacated other areas like Immensia, you can see that one is also a plus because it's exporting all the people that live there and all their stuff. Whereas you look down here at Vale of the Silent, and that is a negative 27 trillion because that's considered 27 trillion imported. Well, in Vale of the Silent, we have the arrival of Winter Coalition and Fraternity. So that's how much stuff is actually being moved into uh, Vale of the Silent. So this tells you troop movements as much as it tells you anything about trade routes. Anybody want to disagree with me on that? Or did I get that right? I'll yeah, assume I got it right. It definitely does tell you where about fleet movements. Okay. Um, going back to the economic report. Uh, market trade value by region. This is the stuff that's sold. Uh, again, the forge is just unbelievably high compared to everybody else. You can see that blue marker there in the lead. And the only thing that comes close is domain. And here's an interesting thing about that. When we saw systems get uh, kidnapped inside of Empire Space, it broke the trade route between domain and uh, the forge or Jita. And that was basically the connection between the north and the south. And so we thought, and it created this Silk Road in order to safely travel uh, or safely haul merchandise from one uh, hemisphere, let's call it, to another, you would have to do this Silk Road and go through uh, Galente space and also uh, Minmatar space. And it was kind of cool. And the idea was that, wow, this will maybe localize a lot of markets so that people would have a market in Dodixie, and that would become more popular uh, because it's local and you don't have to travel the endless amount of jumps to get to the Metropolis Jita. Uh, or you would have um, a Hamitar market that would serve the Minmatar space and so on and so forth. But instead of regional markets, you just saw Jita increase in dominance. I think that's an increase because I've never seen it that high compared to everybody else. So that vision of the future is not coming true so far. We'll see what happens there. Okay, total market value by region. 
uh, forge excluded. So if you take out that gigantic post, this is what's left. And uh, domain does do very well here. And uh, you can see there's a lot more even spread, even though domain is clearly twice as much as the secondary uh, Delve. Uh, it's amazing that Delve is selling that much stuff. Let's take a closer look at that. Yeah, that's definitely Delve. So Delve is still bigger than uh, Sync Liaison and Lone Trek and Metropolis and Hamatar. All those guys, it is second only to Domain. And that, I think, has to be... Well, that's clearly the Imperium, and they still have a lot of uh, stuff being sold in the region, even though the region is uh, Fire Sales, says Icon 911. Yeah, Fire Sales could be could account for some of that. I've been selling a lot of doing a lot of market trade in uh, Delve, and I'm not in the Imperium. Yeah, I know it's it's both groups now that are that are doing that. Uh, fire sales are a real thing for those who don't know what a fire sale is when your empire or your group is collapsing and you're losing solve and you know you'll be kicked out if you don't move your stuff right away uh, a lot of times instead of moving people will just say i'll just sell this you know uh to whoever wants it and i'll fire sell it for a low rate and so uh the enemy that's occupying your space will go shopping a lot of times uh, while they're evicting you they're looking for those sales and, and that sort of thing. Yeah, uh, good point. Uh, Lolo, uh, it's hard to read that one. Lolo, Lolo, <laughs> whatever. He says, uh, asset safety ruined fire sales. And that's a very good point. It used to be that <clears throat> before there was asset safety, which is a mechanic that allows you to uh, basically recover your stuff in a safe area in low sec after it's been after the structure it was in is blown up uh, in NullSec, that mechanic didn't exist a few years ago. So before that, you had two options, was to sell all your stuff or to move it out. The third option, actually there's a third, was to do neither and leave your stuff there, but it was trapped and you could have no access to it until you came back and reconquered that station. So a lot of times it created an incentive to want to go back to where you were kicked out and retake it or reaccess it in some way. Now, a lot of times people would put an alt into uh, the group that lived there, and then that alt would sneak all their stuff out, and that's kind of how you dealt with it. Or you had a friend who might have been part of that group, uh, so they would get in there, get access to it, get your stuff, and get it out for you. That's, there was always ways around it, but uh, that's what it was. Okay, let's go back. Total contracts, we don't usually deal with this, but the Forge and Delve, uh, the economic leaders anyway. Uh, here's imports and exports, so we can have a look at Iwasa. Um, mostly exporting, uh, catch mostly exporting. You can see there's a little bit coming in, but there's definitely a lot going out. Those are mostly movements of merchandise that already belongs to people, so it's not really trade. Uh, where you see a lot of stuff is in Empire Space here, so there's a lot coming and going. Uh, totally different than Esoteria or Bleak Lands, as you can see. These anemic areas here are essentially uh, Nullsec, where very little comes and goes. Well, these really long ones here, that's going to be Empire Space, where you have a lot more commerce uh, and movement, right? These are ships moving in and out of space, so... Okay, uh, economic net exports. Uh, Owasa has exported a ton in January. 
I think a lot of that might be there. I wonder if that's merchandise and ships moving at the same time. I'm not sure. I don't know when the move began. February 1st pretty much is uh, what we were told is when Fraternity left Owasa, but we don't know if stuff was moving before that. Catch obviously has some stuff being moved out as well as Amencia, so these are way up there. Uh, and those are the top three that just dwarf everybody else. I think this Owasa move might be stuff that was moved up to the north. Yeah, that's probably what that is. And maybe all that mining that was going on was also moved out. I don't know. So stuff imported. Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say a chunk of that could also be, uh, you know, if they're moving, setting up the infrastructure to move. Oh, turn you up a little bit more. Uh, okay. so yeah. And what I meant by that was, you know, if they were moving in that direction out of Wausau, that could very well show up as, you know, because they got to plop down, move infrastructure to get set up in order to move. So that could also be part of it. Oh, setting up structures, setting up, uh, yeah. Yeah, maybe. I, I think when we look at the numbers, 23 trillion left Owasa. 27 trillion moved into Vela, the silent. Uh, those numbers are pretty close together, and I think that shows you the movement of uh, assets, and that's mostly going to be Winter Coalition moving up there. Uh, okay, so a lot of stuff that was imported, uh, devoid, dom uh, domain, and... Providence actually has a lot of imports. Okay, if you guys have economic questions, by the way, I'm just going through this really quick, so uh, let me know if you have any questions. We'll try to answer them as best we can. Okay, ask your question again if you didn't get an answer. All right, now let's go to, uh, skip this to, here we go, sinks and faucets. We'll zoom into this one. This is always interesting. It tells you the health of the game, how much money's coming and going. We'll zoom in to the current month. Uh, and this has been the interesting part when uh, you can see here, the blue line here is bounty prices. And so that was a lot of NPC ratting. And it was just really dominant, as you can see for a long time. It goes way up here. This was just uh, pure money making happening in NullSec. As they said, it was too safe. Then Blackout came and really flattened it. Uh, and then Blackout left, and it got back to pretty much normal and started increasing again, but with consecutive nerfs to the way uh, security worked and Sinos and all that, the ratting kind of stabilized until they put in the dynamic bounty system and ESS, uh, which takes a portion of your winnings and puts them in a different category. So you can see that incursions really compete now with NPC bounty, pri bounty prizes. And that's kind of the first time we've seen those compete in a serious way over a longer period of time. Now we're seeing it for three months. It, at one time during blackout, there was a brief moment you can see over here where incursions became a little more profitable than NPC ratting overall. But that was just an anomaly. This looks like a pattern that's going to continue for a while. So yeah, incursions doing pretty well uh, right there with bounty prices. Bounty prices are low. This does not count the money that's put away inside of ESS that is uh, essentially a little treasure chest that you can raid and take. Uh, so even though more money is being made, a lot of it, 40% of it or whatever, is being put aside. Everything else looks incredibly stable. Uh, 
tax went down, which tells me uh, commerce uh, it, it took a little hit here uh, over the holidays, probably uh, at the end of December, the beginning of January. So not a lot going on with the trading. Here's insurance, and this is what you were talking about. Um, oops, Gregorin, you were saying, look at that, uh, look at that insurance line just hop up. Uh, let me see what that actual line is. Two trillion. So this surpassed two trillion. So remember, we saw something in the neighborhood of four, three and a half actually, three, three and a half trillion. But those were in dreadnoughts that were destroyed. Well, reimbursements for insurance that month went up to two trillion. That's a lot higher than it usually is. Uh, so that's not to say that they got two trillion back off the three and a half trillion they lost, um, but. Insurance pay payments went way up, way, way up. That's maybe the highest I've seen in a long time. So you can yeah, see it's a pretty like, flat line. Yeah, like I remember in, in the fight hearing after I lost my dreadnought that this was probably the biggest insurance payout in the history of the game. I'm sorry, 2.2 2 trillion? Is that? I'm sorry, thank you. Thank you. That's not. So that's 0.2 trillion. That makes a lot more sense. Um, so that's 200 million in insurance payouts. And that puts it in perspective. 200 million uh, is a. 200 billion. <laughs> sorry, 200 billion. Yes. 0.2 trillion uh, recovered from a 3.4, 3.5 uh, trillion. So you can see a lot was lost, but that's a big chunk too. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's, uh, I was like, wow, insurance is really good these days. I haven't lost anything uh, that I really insured, so it's been a while. I thought, oh. Uh, okay, so those are your Yeah, the payout I got from my dreadnought in that fight was $1.6 Hmm. I like looking at this to see where the money is because this tells you uh, essentially um, it's hard to put these two things together. I have to shrink it a little bit, but, you know, what what the uh, the wealth rate is of characters, individuals, so your own money as opposed to the group money, uh, corporations. And uh, despite everything that's happening, there, there really isn't a change here that would be reflected by war bonds, for instance, where characters and players are transferring their personal money over to the coffers of the group. And the reason that doesn't show up because this measures corporations, doesn't measure alliances, and it certainly doesn't measure uh, coalitions. Those groups are... Uh, alliances are actually a part of the infrastructure of EVE Online, but anything beyond an alliance like a coalition doesn't even exist uh, as far as uh, the game is concerned. Those are all done third out-of-game, uh, third-party kinds of things. That's where coalitions live. So war bonds are not seen here, but if we did have an eye into war bonds, you would see this go way up and you would see this come down as players give their money away to the group. And a lot of those things are kept in characters that are created specifically to hold wealth. So they're not even put in public, they're in shared spaces. They're put in characters. Yeah. 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 Yeah, because if you're if you've got somebody buying a war bond, you would think that money would go to the corporation that is you know the executor of the alliance, but it, 
by that graph, it doesn't appear that way. So it could go into an holder individual. Exactly. So unfortunately, that's kind of a useless map, although the intention is good. Uh, yeah, it doesn't really map what's happening in the game, and that's too bad. Okay, velocity of ISK. This is money changing hands. Uh, as you can see, it is uh, uh, pretty stable. It went up in December, and it stayed up in the beginning of January. It's dropped down a little bit. Uh, and that shows you just how much uh, people are uh, moving money or buying things off each other uh, back and forth. And so you, you want to see that if if people start saving money, if they start hunkering down and saving their ISK, uh, you will see that number drop. So it just means that everything's humming along. Yeah, it's not at the uh, crazy levels of, of a while ago, um, but it's definitely flattened out nicely. So folks have lost their fear that from the drop. Yeah. What we're looking at here is January numbers continue the trend that happened in December. Actually, mm, is this December? Um, it doesn't go any further. Go in close there because this line is 2021. Yeah, I don't see January numbers on here. Let's take a look at the three year instead of the uh, the ten. The what is this 20 year? And uh, see if we can see it here. I also don't see January numbers here unless I'm reading this wrong. Um, so let's assume this is January here. And what this tells us is that the SPPI and the PP. I and the CPI and the MPI, these are all price indexes, right? So basically you buy a basket of goods. They're random. They're always the same, but they're just a random sampling. And you track those prices. So it's kind of like a survey of, in general, how much mining uh, products are up or down. Um, the primary is what you build out of minerals or out of the first layer of things, out of resources that you harvest. And then the second secondary price index are the materials that are built out of the materials that are made from harvested elements. Uh, and then the overall average of all those is the consumer price index. And that's just a sampling of not only things that are created, but um, everything on the market, just a whole basket of goods. So that's what those indexes are. And it kind of shows you where the price of that sector is, uh, what slice of the pie is costing, um, or slice of uh, what layer of cake is costing uh, most players. And so you can see that uh, T2 materials, basically, we would put in the secondary. Well, let's start with more basic stuff, right? Like the uh, the mining has just skyrocketed. You can see it's higher than it's ever been by far. So mining is doing very well. Selling minerals, harvested minerals, doing very well. And this includes December. Uh, this includes January as well. So um, asteroids, definitely a, a good getting a good return on your time uh, there com compared to where it was before. But the overall consumer price index is, looks really steady, so not, not much movement there, even though the mining has gone way up. And uh, the, the primary price index uh, looks like it has gone up, uh, reversing a trend that's been there since October. And uh, if I'm looking at, uh, this doesn't look, this looks like December to me, but I'm going to assume it's January numbers, unless I'm in the wrong, unless I fell into December. 
Uh, okay, well, anyway, the story here, mining, way up. Everything else seems pretty stable, uh, although build costs are starting to go up. You would actually assume that these build costs would go up because as minerals go up in cost, so do the things that they create. So uh, what, would, what would actually affect that and suppress it are stockpiles. And that's where this kind of becomes important. As stockpiles run out, then that space that you had from minerals that you bought a year ago that were cheap, right? And then you build off those minerals and you sell it at a relatively cheap price because you're still making a profit based on the minerals you bought a long time ago because they were just so dirt cheap. But as those stockpiles run out, as your closet runs out of minerals to use, you have to start mining or buying it off the actual market in order to continue to make products. And then you are tapping into the price hikes of the mining materials. Once those start to hit, then you'll see your, your price index go up because you're going you're gonna to want to preserve a margin. So you start selling it for more money because now your expenses went up to acquire the materials you want to sell for more so that you can keep your margin. I'm scared I'm looking at December, but I'll just take it on faith that I'm still in the right place. Yeah, this is January report, so I don't know why that didn't appear that way. Okay, folks, I think we reached the end of the... We go into other numbers here, but we'll end up going really long if I talk about these. Um, and I'm not exactly sure what information's here, so I didn't look at this. So that is your monthly economic report for January 2021. Looks like a lot of the trends that were in December continue into January. We expect some things to change, like OWASA's numbers in February. Okay. There's a couple more notes here uh, that says the structural, and this is something that is very important, uh, but I don't understand it well enough, so I'm just going to read this, and hopefully uh, it comes across. But the structure module mentioned is the cores. So I think there's a new structural module in here. And the cores were introduced uh, a while ago, but they were grandfathered in. And, uh, and the transition from having a structure that had its uh, quantum core in it uh, took about three months. I think it was in October where the first wave came in. And then there was a second wave. And January was the third wave. And uh, all that means is that some structures were grandfathered and didn't need to have cores until January 7th. Um, then if they wanted to function like they were functioning before, they would need a core. There are still a lot of structures out there that do not have a quantum core in it. And so not every structure now has a quantum core. Some were grandfathered in and they will stay without a core. But if you wanted to use it for warlike purposes, which means fitting and tethering to it and repairing ships inside of it, those are kind of military aspects to a structure. You need to have a core inside of it. So some stuff was cored up. Uh, and so what you saw was uh, $6 trillion, uh, in December last month, or $6.7 trillion. And this month, $10 trillion, uh, cores were purchased. So it shows you that... Um, more was purchased in January, so more structures were theoretically being cored as the deadline was approaching in January. Uh, and here's an interesting other side of this. If you destroy a structure, the core will always drop. So you can take that quantum core, and it will always sell for the same price inside the market to an NPC vendor. So it's basically like turning in uh, a, a lottery ticket for your, for your winnings. 
And so one trillion has been sold back to the market in the last two months. That means one trillion in cores has been coming out of structures and being sold to the market. And that is a huge number. Uh, by the way, cores are different sizes, so they have they they sell for different prices depending on what you destroy. And a lot of people will destroy structures and just hold on to the core in case they want to use it for their structures. So it's a little vampiric, but uh, but then there are groups that just want to destroy structures, grab that core, turn it in for money. And uh, one trillion was made in the last two months. Uh, commodities. This is commodities is interesting. Commodities are essentially blue loot uh, from wormhole space uh, is considered a commodity. Anything you turn in is considered a commodity. We're going to put cores outside yeah. of that group for now. The big three types are blue, wormhole blue loot, uh, abyssal red, red loot, which is actually probably a bigger portion than blue loot, even though uh, a, a lot of people like to focus on the blue loot uh and overseer's personal effects in my opinion the main reason why there's so much focus on wormhole blue loot is because some people in big nullsec alliances want to uh try to present it as unfavorable unfavorably biased against them Right. So there's, to understand that there are wormhole uh, loot that you get when you're in loot, um, wormhole space ratting or whatever, you have to turn that in. So you have to travel with it. That's the blue, the Triglavian stuff that you do inside of invasions or inside of Poshfin, that's red, right? Red triangles and Poshfin and that whole thing. And then overseer effects are, well, those are triglavian as well aren't they no overseer's personal effects are from ded sites ded thank you okay didn't know uh and so those are other commodities and so you can see that uh, in january 40 trillion in december about the same november though was a lot less 34 trillion and then october 30 trillion and then september 28 trillion so it has been trending up the reason we assume commodities are up is because NPC ratting is down. So what's that say about the game? If you're active uh, in various places in EVE, it's easy to get money, but you have to be active in various places in EVE. So sitting out in a protected nullsec empire and just uh, AFKing your money is not the way to go anymore. We all know that was the writing on the wall a year ago maybe a year and a half ago. And so over time, CCP is changing the game to make active and diverse gameplay profitable in different sectors. Sorry, Abyssal Dead Space. Thank you, Amar. And he is a finance guy. Amar, if you're here, jump on with us. Uh, Abyssal Dead Space is, um, I believe, Overseer Effects, not Pockfin. No, not Overseer Effects, uh, Red Loot. Yeah, a lot of my element. One of the things I really like about those, uh, as opposed to just the straight out get paid from Concord to a killer rat, is the item you get, you have to move. And moving that item makes it possible to interdict it and either destroy it or somebody else take it from you. So that adds a more dynamic to the game that I, 
I just personally really like. Yeah, yeah I think that it's good that that's a positive. I, I also like that part of the commodities. I think they should have more of that. Like, I think... Um, I I I would not be disappointed if uh, they just ch- changed the bounties a bit so that the the direct ISK payout uh, got smaller and you had to you you and and the rats just dropped uh, commodities that you had to sell. Well, we actually had that many moons ago when Drone Lands first opened up. Um, Oh, they yeah. dropped. We used to call it drone poo. You say many moons. Was, you say many moons, but how long ago was that? Oh gosh, for me it was 2007 to about 2012 out there. Okay. So, yeah, but you had to collect the. Uh, I, I just lost the name. We used to call them drone poo or drone droppings. But those uh, items could either be reprocessed or ship them out to uh, sell them, and they were quite profitable. Right. Yeah, I think that they were experimenting with new ways of paying people. So in all of NullSec, you destroy a ship, you get paid, and that's NPC ratting. You're killing rats. But they decided to experiment with a new region they built at the time, which was drone space. And uh, what were those called? You're right. I don't remember. They were called drone. I think they might have been called alloys. Yeah, drone alloys. That's right. Drone alloys. And so whenever you killed an NPC, you didn't get paid anything. It dropped loot. And so you pick that up, but you would have to refine it into minerals. And so you could build off that stuff or you could turn it in for money. And uh, that was kind of a commoditization of ratting in space. The only way you could turn it in. Oops, sorry. The only way you could turn it in for money was to take it to a trade hub. And this was obviously well before compressing also. so it was like an already compressed item that was a lot easier to move. Yeah. So so what they called that was gun mining because you could essentially just go out and shoot things and you could cre- you could basically get alloys and turn those into minerals. And so that was mining. And so it was an alternative way of mining. Uh, and so that was uh, taken out of the game, though, around 2012, I remember. Uh, they said, yeah, everywhere in Nelsic, including... Uh, drone areas will be NPC bounty ratting. You just get paid right away. All right. A couple more stories here that we're following. Uh, Inignoiden Tranquility Trade Consortium, TTC as it's called, has announced that they will be discontinuing the operation of the Freeport Keepstar in Ignoiden. That is a system in Sinclair's own. According to Villy's public announcement, Snuffed Out informed him that they would be withdrawing from the agreement and attacking it the day after receiving their monthly payment as party to the agreement. And what that means is that on the 15th of every month, Snuffed Out was paid not to destroy anything in that system that belonged to the TTC. They were paid $25 billion per month. On the 15th. So on the 16th, they got paid on the 15th. Everything's fine. The next day, they come back to Villy and say, we want more. We want, uh, I think they said $75 billion. And he said, that's not the deal. And I already paid you this month. And they said, well, then we'll destroy it. And he said, well, I paid you for this month. Can we have till the end of the month so I can have people 
get their stuff out, make other arrangements. And they said no, basically. So uh, Snuffed Out is essentially changing the agreement, extorting uh, the Tranquility Trade Consortium, and in the process now of reinforcing, I think all those structures are now reinforced. So you have a limited amount of time to move your stuff if you're in that area. Now, one of the cool things about the Satio that was in uh, TTC was that it allowed people to do reactions. So it's only like four jumps away from Jita. No, that, that would be the Tatara that allowed reactions. Sorry, the Tatara. Thank you. One of those structures. The Tatara um, was used to make, um, what are they called? Reactions. And so having access to a Tatara, which is one of the largest structures, uh, is the largest structure you can do uh, reactions in, gives you the best bonuses, which meant that a lot of people could actually do their reactions near the trade hubs. And uh, that dropped the prices because you didn't have to have NullSec sovereignty protected in order to do reactions. Uh, but since this is yeah. going to be destroyed, that's no longer possible. The big issue with reactions in LOSEC has historically been that since reactions mean that uh, there's a a lot of valuable stuff running in that that structure that will drop as loot because incomplete industry jobs drop as loot when the structure is destroyed. People uh, like to... uh, blow up uh, refineries that are running reactions. But TTT, because it's backed by the big blocks, uh, If aside from things like what happened yesterday is... Uh, is they, could, more... they could do it. They could do it because it's low sec. Yeah. Uh, for the TTC um, wing out in Ignoyton. That's different story where the actual tranquility trade tower sits in high sec. You're really not going to do much about that. Yeah, you you can't and you can't do reactions in high sec anyway. Right. So, and because low sec typically the pl- low sec reaction structures are typically high value targets that people like to blow up for loot. Uh, if it that most of reactions are typically done in either nullsec or wormholes. It will, especially because one of the reaction types of reaction is stuff that's harvested from wormholes, which is used for tech three production. Okay. I found my volume problem. So let me make an adjustment here. Uh, uh, okay. So the volume will go up on uh, my guests. Sorry about that. That was an adjustment I made yesterday. Didn't correct it for today. So the bottom line here is that expect reaction prices in JITA and those areas to go up possibly by 10% as NullSec now fully controls um, the, the uh, well, not, not NullSec in general, but LowSec and NullSec together are where you will make reactions. And so those prices will no longer be... Um, I guess, monitored or uh, what's the word I'm looking for, flattened out by something really con- really convenient because that's now going to go away. So check those prices. They may go up in a little bit. Let's move on to tribute. Uh, tribute. Uh, 
is burning as fraternity continues a Chinese New Year campaign in the region. Fraternity and elements of Winter Coalition assaulted an IHUB in D7TAC ZAC. Being held by the Freeman of the North, pilots from Toilet Paper, the initiative, we form Volta, and many others managed to hold the IHUB with fraternity losing two revelations and 24 billion ISK in ships and the defense and the defenders taking 17 billion in losses. But they did win the day, by the way. The Freeman of the North won that IHUB fight. And we talked about that yesterday on Talking In Stations with Murray from Rote Capel and also Noros himself from Winter Coalition. Uh, lastly, NSH has killed a Nix belonging to no vacancies in MTAC O. Uh, NSH being uh, Nelsaknia Schulpen, and they have actually uh, put down a Keepstar, now reside in a Keepstar in MTAC O. So that's their home system. Okay, that's all I got today. You guys have anything else? I hear MTAC O, and I always twitch because that used to be my home. Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> I wasn't around in Cap F when we were in CO2, but I think I get what you mean. Yeah, th thanks for pulling that scab off, man. I appreciate it. Ouch. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for coming back uh, just for this last little bit. We will see you tomorrow on Talking in Stations. We'll try to find a raid for you. <laughs>